currently on the phone with Paul. He's another one of the musicians that reached out to me about the interview series going on. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the opportunity to introduce himself. All right. Hey, thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Um, so, yeah, my name is Paul. Uh, my artist name is Paul Edward Yu, which is my, you know, my uh, full birth name. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a guitar player, uh, songwriter, um, musician, I don't know, producer, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I've done all those things, you know, um, in some capacity or another um, throughout many different genres. And, um, yeah, I'm just here. I'm just uh, glad to be promoting myself and, and talk music with, with, uh, with you. So I appreciate you having me. Excellent. Absolutely. Um, so I always like to start, you know, in the beginning moments. Um, you know, when did you first find music and what about it really connected to you and made you want to pursue it? Um, well, I would say it's definitely when I was very young, um, probably eight or nine years old. And, you know, my, my dad would play, uh, you know, like Fleetwood Mac. I think I heard Go Your Own Way. And I, and I heard that and it was so catchy. And I thought, you know, wow, I really like rock music. You know, I think it really like kind of hit me in a, in a visceral way that, um, yeah, I don't really know how to explain it. So, you know, how you get those kind of the shiver down your spine when you hear a good tune or a good hook. Um, mm -hmm. and I think that's where it started. And, um, you know, he had a, he had a bunch of tapes and I would go through the tapes that he had, but, but obviously it was sort of limited to like this, you know, classic rock, you know, and, um, I think, I, you know, um, it wasn't really until I, I went to, uh, I would go to day camp in the summer. I, I grew up in a single parent household. So I spent a lot of time actually, you know, at daycare or, or, or summer camps or whatever. And um, since I was the oldest child, um, you know, I didn't have like that older sibling who like introduced me to music. So I got introduced to a lot of different music, I, I'd say through these uh, summer camps and, and daycares. And I just remember this one counselor, um, who would always have a backpack full of CDs. And I remember he took out uh, like a green, like Dookie, Green Day's Dookie and like, you know, The Offspring. You know, this was the, this was the time of, these were like the popular bands at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I think it, it was The Offspring Smash where I was like, this is really, this it like changed my whole view of, of like, it just, it just got me more interested in music, you know, beyond like the classic rock stuff that my, my dad was listening to. And, you know, I'd sort of just stand there in front of the mirror and play air guitar. You know, I was like a 10 year old kid and I just thought this is going to be my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> my dad had, um, it seems, it seems goofy, but it really like, I, I, that's like how I passed my time. I'd say for a lot of, uh, my childhood was just like sitting in, standing in front of the mirror playing air guitar. But my dad had an old washburn acoustic and I asked if he would, you know, let me fiddle around with it. And next thing, you know, that led to me getting guitar lessons you know, fortunately, fortunately, he was able to, you know, uh, back then, I don't think they were too expensive, but it was nice that he could, you know, afford to pay for guitar lessons for me for um, on a weekly basis. And I did that um, throughout um, until I uh, graduated high school. Um, and then I, you know, I did some music school stuff over the summer, um, because he saw that I really had an interest in it. And he would, so he would pay for me to go to these music, sort of these music sessions over the summer for youth um, at, mm -hmm. at the University of New Hampshire. And that's why I, I really started to, um, I guess, get, you know, gain the, uh, the the theoretical and the sort of the more technical aspects of music that my uh, intellectual curiosity was was sort of uh, leading me to, um, I, you know. So that, it, and, and I would say, like, the biggest influences on on you know what I listen to and what I like to play definitely came from you know all of my guitar instructors um, and and the suggestions from my dad as well. I mean, I remember 
when he when he really was like, oh, you're you're really into guitar, huh? Well, you got to listen to Dire Straits. You got to pick up Dire Straits' <laughs> album. You got to pick up Jimi Hendrix's um, stuff. You got to listen to Led Zeppelin, and that's that's how I got into that. And then, uh, to be honest with you, I think the really I have to a- attribute the technology that was developing at the time. This is when Napster was coming was um, was a new thing, mm-hmm. um, and and sort of. Um, I still had dial-up internet, but but broadband was was sort of coming into some of the households that could afford it. Eventually, my dad did get broadband, and that's when you know I was downloading like crazy, and I got into all sorts of things beyond just you know your run-of-the-mill classics. And mm-hmm. um, so I do attribute a lot to Napster, um, which I know is you know controversial, but here we are now with the <laughs> streaming and right, and man. and all that. But I mean, really, like that's that you know I think. Um, there were some, you know, there's some good things about Napster and then there were some bad things about it. But I think the good things really is that it sort of exposed people like me and um, to a whole, just a whole lot of music that that really helped shape where I am today. So um, and, and I would say another album that really got me out there was it was Nevermind by Nirvana. So this was at the time. This was like, you know, mid 90s or whatever, you know, late 90s and into the 2000s. So mm-hmm. all that stuff was relevant at that time. I, I know now it's a little bit maybe people might listen to this and say who or i don't know i don't know who the target audience is for these for, for this but um you know uh that was the stuff that got me into it and and now i listen to all sorts of things that even stuff mm-hmm. that music that's not even you know guitar based so well part specifically in regards to Nevermind, i don't think that one has fallen out of relevance that's still no, right. a ton yes. of airplay of course no yeah, yeah yeah that that one obviously is you know there you know that's I mean, you got to be living under a rock if you're not familiar with that. <laughs> right. Maybe right. the Offspring Smash. I mean, I think maybe you know that, that. Although even though that was like one of the best-selling indie albums of all time, so mm-hmm. um, when it came out through Epitaph, so but but that might be a little bit of less relevant name these days. <laughs> sure. Uh, so once you did kind of you know decide that that was the path you were going to take, you were very into it. You're getting all these influences. How did you go about the process of actually? you know, converting your instrument into a hobby, into a creative outlet? Yeah. Uh, you, you know what? The, the funny thing is, is that I never really thought of it as a hobby. I, I, um, I think that when I hear, when I hear the word hobby, and this is not to downplay hobbies. I mean, I, I always feel like hobbies are things people take up, um, you know, because they have, they have some sort of cursory interest in it. Um, and you, you know, they don't really think of it as, um, it, it, they sort of separate it from their day job and, 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 you know, uh, and what they do to pass the time, you know, just interests that they have. And, and this could certainly be considered a hobby, I guess, but, but I, I feel like because I've sought out, um, a pro, at least, uh, you, you know, a, a professional aspect to it, um, that I, I, I almost always just thought of it as something that's in my blood and in, in my, just something that emanates from me that, that I'm always going to do and I'm always going to seek to do more um, whenever I can. And, mm. and I, and I almost always, you know, people ask what you do and whatever, and you sort of have to give them, you know, tell them what, you know, what your day job is. But, but at the end of the day, if I really want to have a conversation with someone, we're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about um, creating music, making music. And, and, you know, I've been on tour, I've been called in for sessions in the studio I'm, you know, I'm on recordings that are licensed, you know, so I, that's why, that's why I consider this a little bit more than a hobby. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and while I do have a day job, you know, it's not the big money maker and all that. Um, I think it led to the, to, to answer your question, it led to this, um, creative outlet because 
I really don't see any other way around it. I mean, I have other interests. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I, I did almost a decade of um, uh, jujitsu and judo. I consider that a hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, I never really, I didn't really, like, I, I, I would go maybe four or five times a week to get some exercise. But I never really thought, like, oh, I'm going to be a pro fighter someday. You know, it was just sort <laughs> sure. of like, you know, with music, you know, um, as a kid, I just like, yeah, I did my homework. You know, I did the, th- the chores around the house. But really, all I wanted to do was just like sit in front of the stereo and, and mm-hmm. learn a new guitar riff or, you know, and learn how to read music and, and things like that. And I said, I'm going to be in a band, you know, and I even mm-hmm. rushed myself and formed a band when I was in like the third grade or something where, we you know, <laughs> it wasn't really a band, you know, my dad was probably laughing at that, that idea, but you know what, it just, it never stopped. And I, and it led to like doing talent shows in high school to me moving out and just like surround and, and just make sh- making sure that everything in my life somehow it allowed me to continue to play music mm-hmm. and i lived in boston for a while and and so you know navigating that scene in in boston it was all it was uh, big and like hardcore punk like that was those were the the rock guitar based genres that, that you know at that time that were really big that i kind of fell into um but i you know i played in jazz band in high school um and you know i still read the, you know i'll go through the real book just to keep up um you know to, to sharpen you know sharpen the the my brain and all that. And, um, and I like to play with a lot. I go to, I go to a lot of open jams, you know, that's how I, another way I keep up with, with things and that's how I meet new people. And, mm-hmm. um, but I guess to answer your question, I was, and I was like long winded and that's roundabout, okay. but I, I just never really saw it as a hobby. I just sort of just always, I guess to, 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 to pinpoint it down, I always made sure, uh, that music was somehow in my life and, and, and in that it took up a major part of it. And with whatever I did, I based my day job around it. I made sure I had a day job that allowed me to gig, mm-hmm. that allowed me to, to to play. You know that you know that didn't completely exhaust me. You know to to the point that I couldn't play music. Sure. So in in addition to you know being called in uh, for session work and then also uh, meeting other musicians at like open mic, do you have like your own project that you're working on, or are you part of a band that is continue continuing to gig and write new material? Yeah. No. All that. Um, I, I try not to limit myself, but yes, I do have like stuff that I work on my own that I just slap my own name on. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a record come out. Um, um, I you know, just released the record. I, I have a, a, a few EPs and two of them I wanted to make, they're all instrumental by the way, but I, I wanted to make them sort of conceptual. Um, I'm really into like, um, you know, like tr- transidence and psychedelia and stuff like that. And so I have a couple of instrumentals that are connected, um, in, in that way. And one of them I just released. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I do have stuff that I work on my own. It's, it's, um, I w I would put it in sort of like the post-rock sort of uh realm of things you know instrumental rock a lot of focus on um soundscape you know Mm -hmm. as opposed to like your verse chorus verse kind of stuff uh but also you know i i um i have a because i have a whole lot of stuff in the vault too that i still i've yet to go back to the studio that i did that and uh you know mix it and and get it mastered and sent out but i have other stuff in the realm of sort of like fusion jazz fusion funk because i'm really interested in that kind of kind of uh, guitar stuff and um and then i also have a, a believe it or not a, a, an ep that's just solely uh home studio based so electronic drum machines synths, um in the box and out the, out, out of the box stuff and um as you can guess that that was because of covid mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't really sure. go out and play with people and 
So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I had all these drum machines and synths laying around and I kind of messed with them, you know, and I, and I said, well, let me make something out of that. So I, I got that kind of stuff out there too. Uh, but right now I also play, I live in New York city now and I play in a rock bands, um, uh, called tube PC. Um, and there's a band camp for, for that tube PC.bandcamp.com. My own website is paulumusic.com. Mm-hmm. And, um, all of it actually, you know, if you go to my website, if anyone who's listening to this wants to actually check it out, you go to my website, paulumusic.com. You'll find a link to everything I've done. Mm-hmm. St- studio sessions I've done, people I've played for, um, at least the ones that I that I thought I'd like to highlight. Um, and uh, <laughs> and then my own stuff, you know. Sure. So uh, with the current projects that you're in and, you know, your ambition to continue to play music, where do you see yourself in, you know, five, ten years down the line? You know, when I was like in high school, I always thought that like, um, you, you know, I'm I'm going to be on the road constantly and, and it's just going to be, you, you know, I'm just going to be playing music the whole time. And so that didn't really pan out. I mean, I, I have been, you know, I, I toured with uh, uh, Rick Barton, you know, from the Dropkick Murphys. He started that band and, and that was sort of like as far as I got with, with touring, you know, and not to say that I won't do any of that, but I, I sort of stopped making expectations five years or 10 years ahead. And the, and the reason is because I, I almost feel like with music and a career in music, and I put career in quotes because that, that's so, it seems so like corporate to say that, but you know, the, the, the whole idea of your musical journey, I, I want to, I, I sort of want it to be sort of like how your podcast is, is just a bit more organic mm-hmm. and see where it leads because I already know it's in my blood and I already know, like, I'm not going to stop doing it, you know? you know, barring me getting completely maimed, you know, but even then, like if I lost both my arms, I'd just do what Zappa did. You know, when mm-hmm. he couldn't play guitar anymore, he started getting into the Sinclair and these synths and like composing mm-hmm. on computers, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so even then, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate to have studied, uh, at least a, a, I'm not like, you know, a, um, some musical theoretical genius or anything like that, but I know enough about, you know, a, the theoretical aspect of music that I could transfer guitar skills to another instrument if say I lost my fingers or lost my arms or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but anyways, barring some crazy thing like that, I, I guess, you know, the straight answer is that I'll probably be on the road or, you know, with whatever band I can find that, that helps me travel and play music mm-hmm. and I'll get on a few more recordings and I'll just keep going doing what I'm doing now, you know? Excellent. So, um, in the time that you have been working on music, what are some of your most prominent memories, things that like really stand out to you? Um, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think that when I started, honestly, it's, 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 it's almost every show that I play. It it really, it it sounds weird, but it, it, I get up there, you get on the stage and you sort of feel high and you see like, there's a lot of like stories I could tell about, you know, funny shit that happens or, um, you know, you know, you know, some moments that are just like kind of outrageous or, or, or whatever. I mean, um, I could get into all that, but, I, but honestly, like the things that stick out to me the most, you know what it was, you know what I'm going to say? And, and this is, this is, um, this is definitely, you know, very, uh, very personal. And it's because, uh, this a drummer I used to play with, he recently passed away. Um, and, we and he was a big musical influence on me, and so be, I think getting him in the studio and having um, played with him, he was a little bit old. He was maybe like four years older than me, and so I would when we were you know when I was younger, my friends and I we, we would see him in, in his band, in his, 
they played like these punk rock bands. We'd go out and play. And, and that sort of, you know, uh, sort of laid the seed in my head that like, oh, I can do this. Like, I want to do that. I want to get up there and do that, you know, and just just rock out on stage, you know, mm-hmm. and have fun. And um, I got to play w- with him and and his band. Um, they had these string of warehouse shows in Lawrence, Massachusetts, uh, which is a, uh, like a, a smaller city outside of Boston, um, sort of wor- working class city. Um, and uh, they, they had this warehouse that they had a studio in and we, we would play a lot of shows there and people would show up and the police would break it up. And, you know, there was like kegs there and like it was totally illegal. And I would say those were some of the best shows of my life. Um, and, um, having had him years later, we reconnected and I had him on, on, uh, on, um, actually the, the record that I just released. Um, um, I think being able to share moments like that with, with your friends and ha- th- that's probably the highlight of, of my musical, I would say my musical, um, journey. Absolutely. I, w- I would definitely agree with that. That's those, those are very powerful moments. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about like, oh, yeah, there was this time on stage where like, you know, we we played to a sold out show and, and you know, I could mention stuff like that. But I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't really like that's cool. But like, I honestly, deep down, when you think about it, it's really actually sharing the, the moments with these um, with some of your friends and mm-hmm. just being in the studio and and just go and being on the road. You know, like we, we would come to New York City and play. Mm-hmm. And there's and there's a lot of stories there. And, and um, I just think having those stories that that, you know. Uh, there's sort of like inside stuff, I guess, yeah, yeah. you know, th- th- that's the kind of stuff that I really, that I really like, but. Yeah. And th- those are the kind of stories that, you know, listeners and audience can really tap into because, you know, when you tell a story about playing to like a sold out audience at a stadium or something like that, you know, all of those fans were there too, but those in- intrinsic interactions that are behind the scenes, like those are the more, uh, you know, emotive stories because, you know, the fans don't get to see those. They don't hear about those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, this, but so I, I might as well just like, if, if, if we have time, I'll, I'll keep going with, with this, you know, this, this buddy of mine, his name was Gabe mm-hmm. and, um, and he was a drummer. He's an incredible drummer and he played, um, he just was like, he just, he just hit the drums a certain way that was just really powerful for rock music and for punk rock. And we, um, I had an album that I put out, it's called the shape of time. And he's the drummer on it, and it's it's some really good stuff. And and um, I would say one specific story I do have that I always find hilarious. And, and this is would be for more for like the the folks who are in that sort of uh, rock like punk grungy crowd who might find this interesting and funny. But we were coming to New York City to play a show, and we were playing at this spot called the Bowery Electric. And um, you know, I I you know I we drove down and. Uh, we got here and we, we, you know, we set up and we're playing and this is like a Sunday night and people showed up. I mean, um, it was only a small room, like 50 person room, but it was packed and it was, it was, it was cool. It was fun. And, um, the, the show got delayed though. We were, we, we were on stage and, um, there had this been this, this girl in the crowd, this lady in the crowd who, um, was clearly on some sort of drug. I don't know what it was, but she was taking her clothes off and like kind of getting on stage and, whatever. This was before we got on. And, and I just had my eye on her. I'm like, it's New York city, whatever, you know, we're, you know, it's, this is like par for the course. Mm-hmm. We're on the stage sound checking when we're finally on. And I look over to my right and there's Gabe making out with this, with this, with this lady <laughs> on the right on stage. And I'm like, Hey, hello. Yeah. We're, we're sound checking here. He looks at me like, Oh yeah. Okay. She gets off. We're sound checking. We're about to start. And the whole show gets stopped because this girl has gone nuts. She's getting kicked out now. 
And um, they had, the, the police had to come and there she was complaining about that she needed her coats to get, you know, she was going to leave, but she needed her coats. Where everyone's looking around for her coats. I'm pissed off by the way. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. They find her coats. They're just a bunch of stolen designer coats. They all got the, the, the plastic tags on them and, and shit. And um, it was just uh, <laughs> it was just hilarious. We, we played the show. It was fun. Um, and then um, when we were done, my Gabe goes, you know, we got to get back to Boston soon. I'm like, what? Yeah, we, we're going to the hotel. We're going to sleep. He's like, no, I need to get back. We need to get back. Cause he, he was in treatment. He was in methadone. He, he needed to get his methadone early in the morning. <laughs> so we ended up leaving around 4 a.m. He didn't tell me. And so, I mean, if you knew him, this would be, I think it would just be hilarious. But um, so I'm like, whatever. All right, we're going back. And the whole ride back, he's like, oh, man, I wish I had taken her to the bathroom. And, you know, you know, just, I don't know. It was very, it was very him. And it was very like, <laughs> it was, um, it, it's, to me, it was, it was pretty hilarious. You know, I, I, I think, um, I don't know how listeners might hear this and think, Jesus, what's wrong with these guys? But, <laughs> but he was such a great drummer. And I think he just like lived that, that sort of, um, punk rock, rock and roll, uh, lifestyle that it just made a lot of sense. And it was funny and, you know, um, God bless him, you know, you know, rest his soul. He was a great drummer, but, um, that's the one that really sticks with me. I think recently just because of the, you know, releasing this record and he was on mm. it and, um, couldn't have done it without him, you know? So sure. Absolutely. That's definitely a good story. Um, so what, what are some links where people can check some of that stuff out that you guys were working on? Yeah. If you, um, so if you go to my website, uh, for those listening and they find interest in this, if you go to my website, it's Paul, music.com. That's P A U L Y U M U S I C.com has all the links on there. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm on Spotify. If you search Paul Edward U, uh, I'm on Spotify. Um, you could tr- search The Shape of Time on Spotify for the record that I just put out. Um, and and all, all, all the other major, you know, you get Apple Music, um, Tidal, whatever whatever you use these days. There's like so many of them out there. Um, and Bandcamp is probably my preferred, If you know, for folks who want to like purchase it. Um, if you're on Bandcamp, it's uh, paulumusic.bandcamp.com which again is linked on my website, paulumusic.com. Uh, I'm sure if you just Google Paul U Music, something will pop up. So, um, you know, there, there's that. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think that, co- that covers it. The, the website should really cover all of it because I also link some stuff like I played with the, like this jazz pop singer, uh, you know, uh, I was on uh, some stuff that she has out. Um, I played with some Roots Americana uh, people. Um, you know, I play slide lap steel, uh, on a tune and I even play with some like new jazz guys. So, um, you know, so, some more like urban music, um, that you can find linked on there as well. So the website's a great spot, paulumusic.com. Excellent. And so <clears throat> I always like to give the person that I'm interviewing the opportunity to put out their last word per se, uh, just a message that you kind of feel resonates with you. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know if this is going to sound cliche or not, but I, I, I think that I, it, it, it took me, I think a little bit to figure out, but I think that if you just make or do anything in your life, that's for you and not for someone else. In other words, you're not doing it because you think your parents think you should do it. You're not doing it because you, you, you know, you feel the peer pressure from your friends to do it. Um, that you, you should just do what, what you like feel viscerally and down in your gut. Um, because that's, like I said, from the beginning of this interview, that's all I did with, with music. So if you apply that to music or anything you do in your life, I think you're, you're, you know, that's the way, to, that's the way to go. Cause, um, 
you know, you only have so much time on, 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 on this planet and you want to make sure that when, when you leave that, um, you are satisfied with, um, that you, that you led your own life and that you did, you, you just sort of played by your own rule book. And so, um, that's, that's the advice I'd give for, for anyone. 